0: When it comes to boosting our food security and bucking more conventional food systems, greenhouses are a fantastic way to just boost your food stability. And as many of you know, our personal 10-year dream of building a greenhouse here on our homestead finally came true last year. Now, I've talked about this a little bit on past episodes, but this whole greenhouse process was about 100 times harder than I thought it would be. I had this very naive idea that we would just decide to build a greenhouse, do the project, and start planting stuff. Like, duh, how complicated could it be? Well, it was pretty complicated. (laughs) And as much as I talk about not getting stuck in project paralysis, um, Christian and I got real stuck in project paralysis last summer. Like, we just basically quit even looking at greenhouses for a couple months because we just were so overwhelmed with the possibilities. We didn't know if we should do a greenhouse or a hoop house. Should it be heated or unheated? How big should it be? Where should we put it? Did it need to have gravel or concrete on the floors, fans and vents, and it's just so much information. So our saving grace was that we stumbled across this website, this company called Greenhouse Megastore. We'd been shopping all over the internet. And we just happened to find them. And it was like the light bulb moment. Because not only did they have the kits that would actually withstand our ridiculous weather here in Wyoming. And that's pretty hard to find. You know, a structure that can stand up to the wind and the hail. But they also had great customer service, which is really important to us. Because, you know, obvious reasons. It's hard to order a large building project when someone won't call you back. (laughs) Um, And they answered all of our questions. So... I know we are not the only ones who struggled or are struggling with knowing what to do with a greenhouse on your homestead. So I decided to go straight to the source for today's episode. I am thrilled to have Drew Landis from Greenhouse Megastore on with me today. Drew is the marketing and IT director at Greenhouse Megastore. And don't let the company's name fool you because they're actually a small family owned and operated company. Greenhouse Megastore actually is also one of the leading names in online horticulture and was named a top 100 e-commerce retailer in 2020. Now, Drew himself has worked on the construction of over 50 greenhouses of all types in many locations across the country, and he is a wealth of knowledge. So I got to completely pick his brain in today's episode. It was a blast. So without further ado, here is is The Scoop on All Things Greenhouse. You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I have helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Hey, Drew, thanks so much for coming on the Old Fashioned on Purpose podcast.
1: Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
0: So uh, I have some really juicy questions, I think, that I know a lot of the listeners are going to relate to. And I think they've been wanting to know the answers to some of these questions as much as I have. But before we dive into all that good stuff, can you kind of give us a little bit of a background? I mean, we know you work for Greenhouse Megastore, but Mm -hmm. maybe your role there as well as your own experience personally with greenhouses and homesteading and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll begin like briefly with a sort of a background on the company. So we were founded in 1993. Um, We sort of grew out of the HVAC industry. And if you know about greenhouses, like you will know that they're really just kind of an elaborate HVAC system. um, All they do is really uh, move air and control the environment. So my father-in-law actually began the company in 93 and... um, we went uh, around the country and the world. He did a lot of projects in India and China right when they opened up building greenhouses. And our thing was turnkey greenhouses. So people would buy from us. We would set up all the, the structure, all the equipment. And then when we were done, we'd turn the keys over. Um, somewhere in the early 2000s, we jumped on the e-commerce bandwagon. Uh, and really what we did, our innovation was opening cases of pots and selling less than case quantities to people and that instantly took off and so we instantly became an e-commerce company miraculously at the beginning of the 2000s and that's sort of where we've led um and, and so now we have this sort of two-pronged approach to where we sell all of the supplies that go in a greenhouse and a garden and then also the structures as well so that's sort of like an overview a very high level overview of the company i'm the marketing director so i have been around since 1999 off and on building greenhouses all over the country many different projects uh, i've been in this role uh well the marketing director role just for a year but uh, i've been back with the company for about 12 years uh, so i know i have a pretty uh, wide and, and deep uh, knowledge of the structures and uh, the the company um, and everything like that my interest though we, we sell a wide range of greenhouses uh, where you know there's some cannabis exposure now there is uh, all the market gardening all this stuff uh, schools and research institutions um, all that stuff well, my personal passion is really like the homesteading and the market garden the niche garden movement uh, because I really think that especially, you know, the events of the past year have showed us that um, our supply chains, particularly food supply chains, are way too big and way too susceptible to shocks. Um, and so shrinking those supply chains with a, a, a bigger network of small local producers. I mean, really is, um, I mean, that's the way forward. And we, we don't have a choice, I don't think, in the matter. Uh, not to mention that, you know, the quality of the food is better. The nutrient density is better. Everything is better wh- when you when you focus on those small um, small programs. So I'm, I'm really interested in um, individual homesteaders, but, uh, you know, also market gardens and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, these are small places, you know, they're their, their yeah. acreage is you know, one, two, maybe five acres, but they're producing, you know, an incredible amount of, of production out of that land using different practices. I'm sure you're familiar with, and all your mm-hmm. listeners are familiar with uh, some of the regenerative uh, agriculture practices and, and um, intensive planting and, and stuff like that. So that's really what gets me excited. And I do some of it, I've scaled back a little bit Uh, because I have outside obligations, but I still do keep a garden. Um, This time of year is my favorite time of year. Mm -hmm. The spring garden is the absolute best. Um, I do pretty good spring gardens. My summer gardens end up in weeds and, you know, I get food and stuff out of it, but like it gets away pretty quick. Um, So yeah, I mean, this, this is the best time of the year for me. So
0: definitely. And man, when you're talking about the way forward is the smaller system, Mm -hmm. that's like, that is my language. Those I'm sure everyone listening and my audience was like cheering when you said that because that's what Yeah, we're
1: yeah. About. And it's so, really, yeah. you know, uh I, I'm I'm trying to nudge us in that direction. I mean, it, it does mean something to us, but like it really, you know, that's my my passion. And so like yeah. I think that like setting that out as a goal is a way for us to like take steps toward that goal. So i that's sort of the messaging that I'm I'm leading with um, in mm-hmm. my, you know, in my role here.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. yeah. Okay. So I know a lot of folks have, well, okay. So we have only had our greenhouse. We got our greenhouse from you guys, yeah, which I is mean, a you're, wonderful you're, experience. Yeah. It's
1: incredible. Like all your pictures yeah. and everything. It's just great. Like it's, it's so great to see that stuff out in the wild. Love it.
0: Yeah. And it is the wild here. It is the <laughs> wild for greenhouses. This is not a domesticated greenhouse <laughs> location. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but, you know, I've had that on my dream list, a greenhouse for 10 years. And so last mm-hmm. year we started to shop. And I know a lot of people can relate to this. I'm like, oh, no big deal. We have it in the budget this year. Let's just build a greenhouse. And then mm-hmm. we started to like try to figure out what kind of greenhouse, how big of a greenhouse is it heated? Does it have concrete floors? Does it have dirt? like we got so overwhelmed, we just stopped even trying sure. for a couple yeah. months. Cause we were like, I don't even know what we need now. So could you give us a brief overview? Like if someone is like, we were last year trying to figure out, you know, they want to grow food longer throughout the year. They want to have season extension. They want to have some seeds starting, like What's the difference between the hoop house, the greenhouse, the high tunnel, all those different options? Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, there are so many different options. And so, like, I think it'll probably help if we, like, start to break things down into categories and and start to talk about the different sorts of things. But, like, at the basic level, a greenhouse is really just, uh, like, a controlled environment. Right. And so like the entire earth is a greenhouse that works by the greenhouse effect. And, you know, and then uh, a greenhouse can really be as simple as laying a plastic sheet on the ground and the air underneath that sheet is a greenhouse. And so like uh, it just sort of depends on on what your goals are, what type of greenhouse you're going to have. So um, right off the bat, we have this um, uh, distinction between sort of un- unmechanized or unpowered greenhouses, unheated greenhouses, and then heated, uh, powered, cooled greenhouses um, with the full mechanical makeup. So we'll we'll put those aside for a sec. I know that's what you have, I think, right? Um, but we we'll talk a, about... Yeah,
0: pretty simple, yeah. unheated, yep, yep. Oh, yours is
1: unheated? Okay, yeah, yep. so perfect. Um, so So we'll talk about those first, because there's a lot of distinction in the unheated greenhouses. So we will call those cold frames. Some people okay. will call those cold frames. They're not... It's not really the right usage. Uh, a cold frame is like you know you may see people who build little boxes out of the windows and that, that's really what a cold frame is. Um, we call ours cold frames because of it's the type of steel. It's a it's a cold rolled steel Oh, and so it's not heated up or anything. It's just run through a bunch of rollers to form it. So okay. cold frame went together. Got I it. guess. I, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. But those are also called hoop houses. They're called Quonset style houses, maybe Gothic arch style houses, all that sort of stuff. And um, really what those are, they're just um, economical structures that are covered usually in a simple plastic and they're not heated. Um they have different levels of ventilation um, in them, so the, you know they may be as simple as just rolling up the sides or lifting up the sides. They may have shutters and fans, or not fans. Um, they may have uh, vents that open, um, things like that. Uh, but it's all ran with uh, no electricity, um, which personally, that's that's like. That's my interest. Those are the ones that I like or the ones that are no uh, electricity, but, um, you know, there's different uses for the el- electrical ones and everything. So as far as unheated goes, um, there's a few different types. My, I've settled on my favorites being what's called a low tunnel. And I don't know if you know what a low tunnel is, but it's really just like a two foot wide by three foot tall hoop that's covered in mm-hmm. plastic. And I love those. Um, and I think your listeners would love those because they're super portable um, and they're very versatile uh, and they're inexpensive. So um, it's, it doesn't cost very much. Uh, you can cover them in plastic for season extension, um, which is excellent. And then even into summer, you can cover them with uh, insect netting to keep your um, cabbages and potatoes and stuff like that. It, that is a really pest sensitive. You can keep those protected. Uh, you can put shade on it. So you can cover some of your cool crops that you're trying to grow in the sun. So they're really cheap and ineffective. And, 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 and my problem when I had a greenhouse that was fixed, it was unheated, but it was fixed. Um, and that was the big problem for me. It was like it, I couldn't move it around and do different mm-hmm. things with it. All of the space in the greenhouse was always in the greenhouse. I didn't have an option. And so what I would have happen is, um, you know, I'd start my plants in the greenhouse in February or March. By the time it got to April, it was scorching hot in there. Yeah. And I didn't really have a way of ventilating it. Um, and so that's why the low tunnels really help because you just go out in the morning, you flip up the plastic, and it's good for the day. So low tunnels are great. Step up from that are what I would call like caterpillar tunnels. Um, and those are, I mean, it's same concept as a low tunnel. It's uh, inexpensive hoop um, uh, st- uh, structure um, with plastic covering it. Uh, it's just bigger. You can walk inside it, and then um, on the ends, there's excess plastic that you sort of stretch tight and stake into the ground, and that's what keeps it up. And those are designed for like um, over the winter. Elliot Coleman. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yes, Elliot Coleman. He, yeah, yeah, of course. Much. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he he it uses those uh, tons um, up there in Maine um, through the winters to do his like winter carrots and some of his. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think he even produces. Um, some of the winter greens in those greenhouses. Um, And those are um, really inexpensive too. And it's just taking like the low tunnel concept to the next level. And then that's now is when we get to the things like the hoop houses and the cold frames. And so these are still not structurally rated, which is a big difference here. Um, None of these are these unheated buildings really are going to be rated for any kind of wind or snow or ice load uh, and in fact they can be susceptible ours are actually really strong but um if you if you do your own where you bend the tubes and stuff like that they, mm-hmm. they can be pretty susceptible to collapse um, so uh the hours are um it, it, the way the the metal is bent it's much more like an I beam than it is like tubular steel so it's strong oh, okay. um and so that, that really um it, it adds to the durability it does add to the cost ours are still pretty you know reasonable but uh, uh it 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 does make those last a little bit longer and we find that uh you know that this is where like commercial producers are are buying in they're, they're getting these sorts of things and they'll they'll you know put acres and acres of the these up to do to production um and they're really good. so those are all the the unheated structures so um, then we get into like what you would call like a normal greenhouse and so okay. or, or or a full greenhouse and this has water run to it, it has electrical run to it um, and usually it has some sort of uh, complex control system um, so you can run all the systems in the greenhouse off of just some simple thermostats but generally you're going to see microprocessor controlled or even cloud-based Bluetooth control it from your phone sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, so a, a, a traditional greenhouse is going to have high side walls. Uh, it's going to be cover, covered usually these days in polycarbonate, which is a type of plastic. Um, could also be covered in acrylic or glass, but those are going to affect the cost. Um, we'll have fans on one end shutters on the other end. So when it gets too hot, the shutters open up, fans turn on, pulls air through the building. Um, Optionally, we'll have a heater, so you can use it through the winter. Um, And then may also have some cooling, depending on your location. And uh, that's usually in the form of uh, evaporative cooling, um, what we would call like a wet wall or a cool cell. Um, And then, you know, there's other things that you can put in those greenhouses. So you can put uh, irrigation, hydroponics, uh a shade cloth system. Uh there's really, you know, benches. There's really no limit to how complex you can go and what your budget can end up being. Um, but you don't have to spend time to get something nice and simple, which is why it's so great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think what we did with ours then, because I think we we had to build like a greenhouse structure, but we're more operating it like a hoop house just because right. of where our, mm-hmm. where our climate is. Like we initially were like, let's try to put up a hoop house or a caterpillar tunnel. Cause they're affordable and they're simple, but then like our wind here in Wyoming is, is epic.
1: Right. So right.
0: we have one of your, um, I don't remember our model.
1: Uh, it looks like a remember? 7,500.
0: <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's what it looks like.
0: Uh, yeah. Like the, so an actual greenhouse. The... Yep. Polycarb. And it does have the vents. We don't have it hooked up to electricity yet. Um, but we want it to be unheated and we're planting in the ground like you would in a hoop house, but we needed mm-hmm. the actual structure. So
1: yeah, that's yeah, that's you need kind of the hybrid. engineered structure. So yeah. the wind didn't take it for a ride.
0: Exactly. And it yeah, would
1: that was the right decision. That was yeah. the right decision.
0: Man, we, we struggled. We called a bunch of people. We were like, can we just try to make a hoop house work? And they're like, no guys, like, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, it, you probably could have, there was probably going to be a day at some point where you are going to come home and it was going to. Yeah. It,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was gone.
1: Yeah, it was gone. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, the, the differences between all the greenhouses can kind of be confusing, but really if you narrow it down to heated or, or powered and not powered, uh, it mm-hmm. becomes a little bit simpler.
0: For sure. That's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So here's a silly, maybe a silly question, but I get this one a lot and I truly don't really know. Cause I've never lived in the South. I've always lived in Northern climates. If you live in the South, do you need a greenhouse or do those climates kind of just take care of themselves? Cause they're mm-hmm. so much more temperate.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's not a silly question at all. Um, and the answer, I mean, as so many answers are, will depend on, you know, where you're located and what your goals are. So I would say that in the extreme Southern locations, so we're talking like South Florida, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe even in the Southwest, um, those are like tropical or desert environments and you probably do not need a greenhouse for the most part uh, you know it may depend on what it is you're trying to do um, you know if you want to propagate a bunch of plants then I might recommend a greenhouse for doing that um, but for the most part you wouldn't um, anywhere north of that though in you know just throughout the south um, there are going to be times when you're it's going to get cold enough to have to protect some plants. So whether or not you have a greenhouse or a sunroom attached to your house and you pull in your decorative plants to keep them from dying, um, or you're trying to actually produce uh, through the winter certain things, like depending on your location, you may be counter seasonal on some crops uh, that may actually grow better during the winter than they do during the summer because it gets too high yeah. in the South. So uh, it can be used for those sorts of things. So Um, you can definitely use them. And depending on what you do, you're going to want to want them. So if you have a bunch of citrus trees in Georgia and there's a a freeze coming, you better get those in because or or cover them or something because they're not going to make it. Um, But uh, I don't think I think it's safe to say that the way you traditionally think of using a greenhouse probably doesn't really apply in a lot of the the South, but uh, it's definitely still a place Uh, that those can be used for sure.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode for just a sec to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Greenhouse Megastore. After a ton of research last year, as we were trying to figure out how on earth to build a greenhouse that could withstand our harsh Wyoming weather, we stumbled across Greenhouse Megastore and they were a game changer. Not only do they have an incredible number of greenhouse kits ranging from large to small and everything in between, they also carry low tunnels, cold frames, hoop houses, shade cloth, and even easy to ship polycarbonate panels, that's the greenhouse plastic panel, if you wanna build your own structure from scratch. If you're looking to extend your growing season and grow more food this year, they will be your go-to resource. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash greenhouse to shop and be sure to use code homestead when you check out to save 10% on your order. Plus, all orders over 99 bucks ship for free. Now, back to our episode. When it comes to the extreme weather, because this is something that a lot of people, when I post a picture of the greenhouse we got from you guys, Everyone assumes they know our weather, that we couldn't have a greenhouse here. So one of the reasons we purchased it from Greenhouse Megastore is because you have those high wind ratings and they can handle hail. So if someone else is in our boat with this crazy weather, what are your bits of advice for them if they're shopping for a structure?
1: Well, the first job I ever worked on was in the Caribbean on the island of Anguilla and that greenhouse was rated for 200 mile per hour wind loads. Um, And so the columns were like every six feet, there was a ton of steel in it. Um, That greenhouse lasted until the last couple of years, they had a hurricane strike them and the greenhouse did fail, but it was only because of corrosion on the steel from the salt water. So wow. it, okay. it wasn't really like a failure of design. So what I what I'm getting at is there really isn't a level of extreme weather that's too much um, to put a greenhouse. But the the cost to engineer that greenhouse for your location may get prohibitive. Yeah. But for the most part, for the people that um, we're talking about, for the people in your audience, the people we speak to, um, you're not experiencing extreme weather that's going to prohibit you from uh, from getting a greenhouse. Now. I say that with a caveat that that means probably in some places you're going to need either an engineered one or something that's actually like fixed to the ground because yeah. some people will get a portable greenhouse that sits outside and has tons of exposure, especially to the wind, and it'll go tumbling across the yard.
0: Yeah. Um, so no,
1: you can't do that. I don't advise yep. that. Yep. Um, it, it definitely does need to be rigid, especially if you get a lot of wind. Um but uh, there really isn't an extreme weather scenario that's too much for anything you just you know you have to appropriately um, calculate what your realistic um, you know weather patterns are going to be and then and then work with that and a lot of times depending on you know whether if you have to get permits and stuff like that you, you know you're your authorities are going to have what you have to have. And you have to meet that a lot of times. Um, And if you don't, you should at least look at those so you know what you're trying to attain. Um, And that's just going to save money in the long run. There would be nothing worse than under engineering and having a failure and then it's complete replacement. So
0: that was one of our conversations when I had with my husband a lot was what we try to cut some corners and go a little cheaper. And then we end up replacing it completely in a year when it's just right. crushed. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. And,
1: and, and, that, that definitely does happen. We, we yeah. get those calls every year, um, that a different type of greenhouse that they have purchased, like not from us had collapsed yeah. and it's, you know, it's a replacement. So yeah. it's common every single year.
0: I have no, I have no doubt. I know the one we got, I think was, is rated for 115 mile an hour. Yeah. I remember. And mm-hmm. it's, we had a couple months ago, we had 93 mile an hour clocked in our area. Oh, wow, and it did great. I mean, you go in there, it was very loud. I, I couldn't film a video in there that day because it was rattling, but it rattling, yeah, like, yeah, it was no worse for the wear. It was fantastic, yeah. so yeah, it's yep. solid.
1: Yep, so I what I would say though about the southern greenhouses and this is that we noticed that like a lot of the failures happen in in the south when they get wet, heavy snow. That's that's oh, probably okay. the most common um okay. failure situation uh, that we see
0: okay so you'd want to like get something rated for that or be sure you're like brushing or yeah yeah mindful of what's building up
1: for sure yeah that okay. that's usually like in an unheated greenhouse um yeah. e- even I had one here and that's what I would do when there were we're getting heavy snow um just go out and knock it off uh, yeah. so it doesn't accumulate on there yeah. and then if it's heated you just keep an eye on it the heat will usually melt the, the snow off quick enough. Mm-hmm. So it won't accumulate. Yeah, That's
0: yeah. been our experience so far. I mean, it, it's yeah. warmed up enough after the blizzards that it melted. Off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just a yeah. little bit of sun and the, uh, those greenhouses just get real toasty.
0: Oh, it's, a, it's incredible. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, with our long winters here, I can go on there in a t-shirt on pretty chilly up. days and it's, it's awesome.
1: Yep. But, I, when I, we had ours, I think I, I had some, Seventeen degree days, and it was you know eighty degrees in the greenhouse, yeah. and it felt great. That's so
0: good, yeah. yeah. And the my kids have been playing out there. I'm like, this is a benefit I did not expect. It was like it's <laughs> a play space and it's a mental yeah. health space, and so yep. it's yep. really good. Yeah. Um. So along those lines, how I don't know if there is like a formula for this or if there's an easy answer, but I was thinking, you know, like so normally we're zone five A, I think here. So I'm you know very used to planting in that rhythm. Um. Mm-hmm when you have a, let's say an unheated greenhouse, like we do, is there a rule of thumb for how that changes your growing zone? So for example, if I'm zone five, normally in my unheated structure without that put me as like a zone six, or is there any sort of way to think about that?
1: Um, I don't know if there's been anything released or published on what the, uh, you know, zone benefit is. Um, so we're five B, so we're pretty similar to you. Um, yeah, and, I mean, I think it would be safe to say that, yes, it does move your zone um, probably a half to a full zone, but but that gets tricky because, I mean, it's still, if you have an unheated greenhouse and you have it covered, um, the soil is going to warm and that's, that's great. But at night, if it's super, super cool, I mean, if it's 25 degrees outside, yeah. the air temperature in that greenhouse is going to be 25 the mm-hmm. soil might retain some of the warmth that it got during the day. And so you're going to have this difference between the yeah. above ground and the below ground. Um, so it's sort of difficult to quantify it in zone terms. But I know from, from experience and just, you know, talking to people that um, if you're using season extension unheated greenhouses uh, on the shoulder seasons of spring and fall, mm-hmm. you'll get probably about six to eight extra weeks of growing time than you would get without it Um, and so that moves up uh, everything um, by that amount so you can start your plants uh, your seedlings inside or wherever you start them that much earlier you can plant them out that much earlier and as long as you're protecting the ones that may um, be uh, damaged by cold um, the above ground growth um, you should be fine um. So I don't. I don't know if it really moves the zone very much, but uh, it certainly does add extra growing space. I mean, yeah. that is the absolute best reason to use season extension. You can get um, a, a full turn, a whole a whole round of production, maybe even two, where you would normally get one. It's yeah. it's it's so great. I mean, it takes a lot of planning to do that, yeah. and it's kind of stressful, but um, it, it's it's a great use. And yeah, um, yeah.
0: In the six to eight six to eight weeks is helpful. Just I think to have in your head of just um, yeah. kind of a, a ballpark.
1: Yeah. So our last uh, official frost date I think is around May fifteenth. Mm-hmm. So that would put uh, you know the date you could be reasonably use a greenhouse all the way at the first of what April, the last of March. Yeah. And I I think it's probably even more than that because you can really um, plant here in our location at the, at the first of March. So it may be even mm. a full, you know, two months more, in yeah. the spring and two months in the fall.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and yeah. so it, it's great. And, you know, there's different uses for the spring and the fall season, as far as what you grow and all that sort of stuff. So it, it just adds a lot of fun if you add in the, um, successive plantings and everything.
0: Absolutely. Um, I know it's, it's been a whole different frontier because I'm so used to what I do outside. Like this Mm -hmm. year, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like January, but I should be starting seeds because normally I don't start seeds this early, but now I have more options. So I have a whole new, I have to get in a new rhythm now, which is is fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there are a few uh, tools that can help you plan for that. Um, That, uh, I mean, the one I like, Mother Earth News has this uh, great planner. I don't know if you've seen it or used it. Highly recommended. Okay. Highly recommended. Uh, It does, it's not free, but Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, you can, uh, draw out your garden and pick, there's hundreds of different plants you can choose. And it remembers from year to year where you plant them. And it does all your successive plantings Ooh. and everything. You can plan nice. all of it out and uh, it's pretty cool. I definitely, you should check it out.
0: Okay. I'm going to go check that out. I need, I need something like that to remember for, for me.
1: Yeah, that's. <laughs> so. I found that I started using it and I haven't looked back.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, What do you have as far as tips for people trying to figure out what size of a greenhouse? Because I know that's something we struggled with. We initially were like, well, let's just do a 12 by 12 to start seeds. And then I'm like, well, what if I wanted to do a few in-ground plants? And then now Mm -hmm. we're with a giant one now, but what are you, how do you guide people along that? Yeah. Great
1: question. Great question. I mean, the first thing to do I mean, the first thing to do in any project really is define what your goals are going to be. Um, So, you know, if you just need to overwinter some plants for the winter, your greenhouse is going to look a lot different than someone like you who needs, um, you know, maybe some seed starting, they're planting in the ground, all that sort of stuff. So that would be first. What do you want it for? Um, Follow closely behind that. I would say never go too small, you know. So if Mm -hmm. you have a few options um, and you think, "Ah, we could probably fit in this one, but you're Budget allows for something bigger. Always go with the bigger one because you're always going to fill that space with something. Um, so that just really depends uh, on what your goal is, uh, what what space you have available. So orientation of the greenhouse uh, is going to matter a little bit. Um, you, most people want to see it um, oriented east to west so that it catches the full day of sun, um, and uh, you know location in your yard how much room you have, um, what the wind exposure is going to be like, you know, maybe, uh, in one location, it, it's just broadside to the wind all day long, and that's going to, you know, sap your heat. Uh, but another location it's smaller, but it's well protected. Um, so, I mean, it just really depends on what your site, uh, is going to be like, but for most people, I think in, in a, in a homesteader situation, I'm not sure what size, uh, yours is, but something like, You know, 16 by 24, 16 by 48, those are good starter sizes, uh, but uh, we sell a lot of like 20 by 48 um, and uh, even larger. But but I I would say something like a 16 by 48 um, and nothing larger than um, 48 feet long is usually pretty good. So, you know. 24 yeah. feet by 48, something like that. Uh, but, but again, you know, there, people have all sorts of use case. I know there's plenty of people that can get by with a, you know, 8 by 12. Um, so if you're just starting seeds, and and that's it, you know, maybe that's enough. Um, but you know, in those cases, yeah, I, I mean, it, it just really, it just really depends. In those cases, you know, those people may want to examine um, if they're just starting seeds in their greenhouse. Well, they're already heating a house so maybe maybe that's a better way of starting those seeds that's right that's what i would recommend for people to uh, eventually you may grow into needing what we would call a head house for your um for your whole seed starting operation but those are usually going to be the real uh commercial producers that need that you know capability right. okay um okay. most people can get by with quite a bit smaller the one i had was 16 by 24 and it was plenty big for my little garden you know we have six people in my family and and it was it was fine
0: yeah I can definitely attest to like go bigger I know when we were debating I was like on the side of like let's just save a little money and go smaller and my husband was like no let's go bigger and I'm really glad I don't remember our exact size I'd have to look it up but it's definitely I can see us using every inch of it
1: yeah yeah I, I mean usually like stuff like this projects um you want to go you want to go a little bit bigger than you think you're going to yeah. need uh, cuz you never really account for all that you're going to be able to do and can think of doing in that space so i mean it's it's worth it to 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 get a little bigger cuz like the worst thing that can happen is you can get it get it in place get everything in it and immediately it's too small oh, so that's for that's sure. terrible yeah,
0: that's a horrible feeling yeah yeah, yeah. okay Good advice. Um, what are your thoughts about flooring? Because I know some, you know, some greenhouses are concrete or brick or gravel mm-hmm. or, and some are just dirt. What, what's your preference? I'm sure it just depends again on what your goals are, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely see like uh, pea gravel as a pretty common, um, mm-hmm. it's tough to walk on though. So we have a, there's a few different ways to go about that. There's some plastic, um, Uh, it's actually bench tops that you make your own greenhouse benches out of, but it can also be used as a flooring. So people will put that down on the pea gravel for aisles. Um, Concrete is great. Uh, I mean, it's expensive um, and difficult um, to install. It has to be drained properly, uh, everything like that. Um, But definitely some flooring, like not a dirt floor, if you can help it, Uh, it just gets messy that way. Um, But even, uh you know pavers if you put if you put down beds and you put pavers between them or mulch uh or anything like that uh that's that's the way i would go um in a a greenhouse like this a food production greenhouse because if you put beds in the greenhouse and then you put pea gravel in that greenhouse well then you're gonna have gravel in your beds. so you, you wanna you wanna probably i would only use pea gravel probably if you're gonna put benches in there um but uh, other than that, I mean, pretty much anything goes. That's easy to walk on and isn't a horrible mess. And and concrete is a great flooring, but again, it's expensive and may not be the right use case for a lot of your audience. You know, um, yeah. they're probably wanting to grow in ground, maybe start some seeds. And so, best thing to do, really, I think, is put your beds in there and then um, mulch. Um, mulch is great. Just wood, just wood chips is fine. Um, yeah. Okay. Or pavers or something like that.
0: Yeah. That's what we just decided with ours. We were torn, um, but this week, in fact, we're putting we're doing the beds and then putting some bricks in the walkways. Yeah, and I, I, think saw your, nice. I saw your I saw your
1: latest Insta post, and yeah, it looks great. So yeah. I mean, you guys are doing great. So
0: it'll be I think super functional. So I'm excited. Yeah, for the for the brick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so let's talk for a minute about we've talked a little bit about it already, but starting seeds in a greenhouse. Um, mm-hmm. I think some people do have the belief, like. You'll never need grow lights again, or you'll never need to have any other sort of seed starting system. Um, is that possible? Do you can you, do most people just start all their seeds out in the greenhouse, or do you kind of need a hybrid approach to that?
1: Um, I mean, most of the people I talk to, and um, you know, in, in the fields that I'm interested in, they're, they're starting in in their house, usually, mm-hmm. or their garage or a basement. Um, it's really a lot of the commercial producers, uh, so these are people who are selling the farmers' markets or stuff like that, CSAs, um, they will have a, either a small greenhouse or a section of a greenhouse devoted to seed starting. Um, but for the most part, you know, I, I came to the same conclusion I, I mentioned earlier, like you're already heating your house. There's already water there, there's already electricity. It costs very little to get some fluorescent shop lights from the department or the the home improvement store, mm-hmm. and put those over your your seedlings and get those to grow. Um, so that's what I would recommend for anybody getting into it. And then, you know, if you grow to the point where you need a head house, then great, that's awesome. That that's that's the way to do it. There, I don't yeah. think that you need to outlay that huge, you know, investment out of the gate. The best yeah. way to start is just do it, do it in the basement, um, or the garage or where whatever spare space you have with cheap lights. It doesn't take anything fancy. I know, yep. you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, thought that you gotta have fancy lights and all this stuff. It, it really, you should see the rig that I use. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, you know, it's like scrap wood that I've screwed together and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yep. um, but yeah, you definitely don't need anything elaborate. Um, but that is a use once you get to a certain point, for
0: sure. Okay. Yeah, um, definitely. And I, I kind of came to that same conclusion where I have mine in my basement still. Same, like yep. I have racks and old cheap shop lights. Because yep. it's not quite warm enough out there. I'm, the stuff that was planted in the ground, like my spinach, is great. But. Yeah. The little babies needed a little more protection. So they'll go out soon, but not quite yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something yeah. like uh, wire shelving with lights hanging yeah. from the uh, underside is a perfect setup. Yes. Um, yes. It, and so, you know, I don't know about if, if you've talked about seed starting on the show before. The one thing about that everybody needs to remember is that those lights need to be right on top of those plants. Yes. Uh, so Absolutely. that's a common thing that we, we get. Why are my plants leggy? Um, well, that's probably why your plants yes. aren't close enough.
0: And it's hard to fix that. I mean, you can't, you can kind of remedy it, but once they get all stretched out, it's its tough. Yeah,
1: you, you can't, I mean, you can't really remedy it depending on the plant. You can just plant it deeper in the ground yeah. um, and that, that fixes it. But yeah, it's better to not let
0: it get that way. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now this, this is kind of a curveball question. I'm not do sure it. how much of this guy's, Love how it. much you guys do. Okay. <laughs> Geo, geothermal in greenhouses. We have been talking about that. We did a tour with a gentleman in Nebraska who has this incredible geothermal greenhouse a, a couple months ago. And so we've been talking about it. What are your thoughts on that? Um, have you had much experience with it?
1: Um, I haven't had much experience with geothermal specifically, um, or in either, you know, in a house or a greenhouse. I mean, I know how it works and everything. A common question we get is solar. how How do we make a greenhouse solar, which you know takes a little bit of explaining um, because you know you can't put the panels on top of the building or anything like that. So mm-hmm. uh, you have to put them to the side. But the overall concept of adding sustainable uh, uh, methods of uh, heating and cooling to the greenhouse, I think is an incredible idea. Um, so the implementation is just a little bit difficult. I think it certainly can be done with geothermal and there are definitely people doing it. Um, I, I, I don't know if um, you know, what the cost is associated with that geothermal systems I know are kind of expensive, but then yeah. solar systems can be that way too, depending on what you want to power. Um, so I haven't heard of anybody using it uh, but I love the idea of adding sustainable systems to the greenhouse and, and then really making it, you know, like a, carbon neutral solution yeah. Yeah.
0: absolutely and that's what we're we're, we're talking about geothermal mm-hmm. but also just like a, maybe a couple solar panels to run the vent system because we don't yep. want to heat it but right you know that could be controlled the fans could be controlled by solar i think that would be yeah. the perfect little loop there yeah and
1: running. you know the that stuff is pretty low electricity requirements yeah. a, a few panels could probably do that really easily i mean really if you have two fans and two shutters it, it, right. it doesn't take a whole lot of electricity to run that stuff um so and even when we put in greenhouses i think a lot of times the load that we're running to those greenhouses full greenhouses is only 60 amps so it's not i mean your house is pulling 200 probably yeah so it's 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 not really that bad it can be done with solar as long as you have the room for that um and i think geothermal heating would be that's an awesome idea
0: yeah yeah so very cool i think more and more people are exploring that, which makes me really excited. That that's Yeah, definitely. And,
1: uh, you know, stuff like water catchment systems on the greenhouse mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I, I just, I think it's great to make those as um, self-sustained as possible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so what are you guys looking like? I know when we had talked to, I don't think, I don't know if it was you or someone else at Greenhouse Megastore, you know, 2020 threw everybody for a loop. Um, a lot of homestead Equipment suppliers or people in the industry saw some major shortages with materials and supplies, like just crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Pressure canners sold out and canning lids sold out. How are you guys with materials and your greenhouse kits? Because I know people are definitely on the hunt for these right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are definitely experiencing all all of that. Um, yeah. But we did notice, you know, so like in 2008, um, when the economy, you know, tanked, we, mm-hmm. we noticed that our business actually picked up and with the pandemic yep. um, starting, uh, same situation it picked up. So we're kind of counter cyclical um, in that yeah. when the sky is falling, yep. people people immediately are like, well, I got to put some food in the ground just to be sure I'm covered, right? Uh, that's what we noticed. So okay. um, as far as that goes, uh, we were good. But I mean, in, across the supply chains everywhere, there have been just like unbelievable bottlenecks. Steel is a huge one. And um, I mean, that, that's that's questionable in the entire economy over the next yeah. few months. It's going to be real, real short. Uh, polycarbonate, like pla- all the plastics, pretty much anything that's plastic is a, in a shortage right now because the raw materials to make that plastic are in short supply. Yeah. Um, so electrical components so a lot of that stuff comes from uh, China and it is either delayed or not coming um, so so we're definitely experiencing that noticing that coupled with like the demand is continued to be through the roof yeah. so it it took a huge jump when the pandemic went went down and it was sustained and then this year, has has not let up at all. It's immediately right back to those huge levels. Um, so that's adding to the the pressure as well. Um, so we have shortage of resources and a huge demand. And so we've run out of a few things. Um, you know, if, if people have ordered from us and we're not getting things to you quickly, I apologize for that. We're doing the best we can. We're just, we're, we're we're a small yeah. family company and we're, yep. we're trying to keep up with everybody out there. So I think we've done a pretty good job, but yeah, it, it definitely is the challenge this year is to keep things in stock. And if you look at some of the other um, retailers out there, it is, it is a huge problem. Lots yes. of people are out of things. Uh, lots of people have long, long turnarounds on things and up uh, there. I mean, that's just, that's not getting any better the whole year. I don't think, um, maybe, yeah. maybe next year we'll see. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's going to take the entire year to make some of that back. Um,
0: it definitely seems across the board. I mean, ever, ever from seeds to chickens to steel. Yep. I mean, it's just, everybody is is struggling. Yep. So, so you still yep. have stuff. It's just, it might be slower turnaround for people who are interested in, in ordering.
1: Yeah. Those I mean, it, 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 it pretty much like this time of year, it slows down for us anyway. We we normally get things out the door just in a day or two. This time of year, it it may take three to five days. Uh, we we try to keep that updated as best as possible. Okay. Um, but uh, we we don't we don't really have many shortages right now, uh, except right. plastic. Plastic is is actually a problem. Okay. Um, and uh, we we try to keep all that stuff updated, but uh, we don't we don't have anything that we're foreseeing to be you know, terrible shortages like we can't get, but it may take a
0: while for sure. Okay. That's that's good to know. Okay. I just thought I'd check for anybody who's looking, shopping around. So yeah,
1: I mean it if uh I I definitely would recommend anyone who's still looking for things. Um especially if it's just like ordinary garden supplies, not, you know, you at this point you may may want to or you may not want to pull the trigger on a greenhouse, but on supplies, I urge you to do that quickly because, yes. uh, they are, they're, they're getting short out there.
0: Absolutely. I've, mm-hmm. I've noticed that as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. We're wrapping up here. I have one more question for you. A fun one. What okay. is your personal favorite thing to grow in a greenhouse or in your low tunnels?
1: Oh, my favorite, like I said, is the spring garden. And so mm-hmm. my favorite absolute favorite is, uh, spring collard greens. I mm-hmm. love to start yeah. them, uh, in the basement, put them out as soon as possible. Um, they really like the cold and when they get cold they sweeten up
0: yeah
1: uh, and so once they get to to harvest size we'll we'll cut them and saute them with bacon grease usually uh, and onions and yeah. then um you know have a big plate of that with some eggs or something like that so those are my favorite uh but uh, you know all the spring stuff so i love beets too yeah. uh and um snap peas um spinach and, and and all that sort of stuff but i really uh Spring collard greens are, are the best. I think that's probably like a, a weird one for someone to think is their favorite, but uh, no, I think it's I, I like the it.
0: obscure ones. That's good. And I know yeah. the sauteed with the bacon grease, like you can't go wrong with that.
1: Like, no, I mean, yeah. the answer to all vegetables <laughs> is bacon grease. I'm for I'm sorry. sure. It, 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 is it is totally. <laughs> I mean, and if you don't do that, maybe like butter or something. I don't know. Butter
0: and garlic is a second. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah I that's, think that's that's yep. yeah, it fixes everything. So.
1: It, it really does. It really
0: does. <laughs> okay. Any other last words of advice for? my greenhouse audience who are thinking and discussing this as an option?
1: Um, I just, I definitely consider your project, you know, go to the drawing board, really consider what your goals are and line, um, you know, write them down, you know, all that sort of stuff and be intentional about what you're going to do and reasonable with your expectations. Um, you know, you're not going to be a pro at it when you start none of us are, um, most of us aren't even pros after we've done it for 20 years right (laughs) so uh, so, yeah so um, you know it's going to take some time but uh, definitely if you put the work in up front it's going to reduce the amount of work that you have to do on the back end and that's just that's good for everybody
0: absolutely good Mm -hmm. advice and so where can we find you online? I know greenhousemegastore.com. Greenhousemegastore.com. Right,
1: that's the website. Uh, we are on uh, Facebook at uh, Greenhouse Megastore, Twitter at Greenhouse Mega, Instagram at Greenhouse Mega, Pinterest at Greenhouse Mega. Nice. Uh, and I think I think that covers it. We're we're everywhere.
0: We're everywhere. Okay. We we, cool. we try to be. Yeah. Good deal. So everybody go check them out. I know they post some cool stuff on Instagram. I follow them over there and you'll see some projects and some inspiration. So
1: yeah, the Instagram's um, really great. It's
0: -hmm. really good stuff. So thank you so much, Drew. This was a wealth of info. I feel like I have a better understanding of what I'm doing now and where to head. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I had a good time. Anytime you want to talk about it, you know, I'm, I'm available. So thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. And as always, friends, if you want to hang out with me in between podcast episodes, you can check me out over at the Prairie Homestead on Instagram, and we will chat next time on our next episode. Happy homesteading.